there's a type of praying that we need to do. Now, as I'm about to read the scripture, let me make a statement to you. You're going to go in the direction of your dominant thoughts in life. So Jesus said, watch what you hear and watch what you see. If you're watching the news all of the time, that's the direction you're going to go. Now, I know this sounds odd to your ears, but Satan is a liar. Why would his children not be like him? So when you tell me what the news said, I'm going, okay. I want you to start taking what Jesus said very serious. Um, don't, don't tell me, well, I know what Jesus said, but the news. Are you compare, are, are, at what point did they become equal? They don't. Okay? I think it's time for us to come back to the word of God and find out what did Jesus say about, about your life on this earth. Can you actually have a good life? Yes, you can. Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus is talking here, and, he's gonna, and we're going to read a scripture about a prayer. We call it the model prayer or the Lord's prayer. Now, this prayer wasn't just done away with. It's still true. Yes, so Jesus was an Old Testament prophet under the Old Testament, brought in the New Testament, but the prayer is still true. It's still truth. So Matthew 6, um, verse starting with verse 9, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven. Now we're not talking to Jesus. We're not talking to God. You're talking to your dad. You're talking to your father. Jesus is the one that coined the phrase our father because up until Jesus said this, no one in Judaism ever called God daddy except Jesus. So he's the one that coined, he's our dad. He birthed us. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nowhere in there does he, is he talking about praying for the millennial reign to come. That's not what he is asking for. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The, in Romans, Paul said, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God began in you the day you were born again. There is a millennial reign that we will step into. Well, we will, not everybody will. That, but yet, eternity does not begin when you die. Eternity has begun. You're already in the kingdom. That means there's principles that we can use, kingdom principles, we can use them now. We don't have to wait for the millennial reign to use them. Now, a lot of people are just, well, when and when we all die. Well, there's no reason for prayer when you die. You, I mean, you're like, there's no devil to bind. There's no praying over your food. I mean, you don't, you don't need to do any of that. You know, I think it's a law be there. Amen. So that kingdom, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, and he's going to show you how. 
what is God's will on earth just like heaven? He said, I want you to pray whatever it's like in heaven. That's the way your home should be. It's the way your checkbook should be. It's the way your body should be. It is, he wants you to start praying now for the kingdom to be manifest in your life. Now, how many sick people in heaven? We're supposed to be praying that just like heaven, our homes will be that way. Now, if you don't ask him, it won't be. If you don't, if you're, if you don't plant tomato seeds, they're not coming up. If you're not pulling out the weeds, they're going to grow. That's a part of life. So he's asking you, he's saying, pray like this. So he gave you and I permission to ask God for certain things and to trust him. Now, let me tell you this. If you don't ask him, I guarantee you it won't happen. Because you have not because you ask not. So he's talking here about, uh, about a, um, what we call the model prayer and give us this day our daily bread. Let's don't even worry about that right now. We, we can get into that another day. Go to Matthew 16 now. And let's, he, he says it again later. He's going to talk about the same prayer a different way. And this is where we're going today. Matthew 16. Now, you understand that Jesus, in, in 16, 18, um, well, we're gonna, I'm going to start with 13. I'm gonna, let's just go to the top of where Jesus starts talking. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say I, the Son of Man, am? Now, you understand, they didn't have TBN. They didn't have a New Testament. They had no way of referencing who is this guy that we're walking around with, this rabbi? They're getting hints of him because he stands in boats, tells the waves to stop, tells the wind to stop, casts out devils, raises the dead. So they're kind of like, not your normal rabbi here, especially on the Sermon on the Mount. You ought to read it one day where he says, you've heard it said. Who's he quoting? Moses. Now, I'm going to tell you something. He's either arrogant or he's God. You heard Moses say, forget it, I said. That's, that's, that's pretty strong talk. Except for the fact that he backed it up. Someone says, well, don't run your mouth unless you can back it up. All right. And he ran it and he backed it up. Who do men say I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Well, that's because Herod cut his head off and they thought he came back real quick. Some said you're Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, some say you're one of the prophets. He said, who do you say I am? Simon said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or son of Jonah. Flesh and blood didn't show you this, but my father's who's in heaven. Now, based on what he just said, I am, I am who you said I am. Based on that statement, he said, now he makes it, I say to you, you're Peter, pebble, and on this boulder, I will build my church. Now, let, let's, let's talk about the church for a moment. I've got to get this statement right in my head. The church 
is not peripheral to the world. We're not asking them permission to do anything. That might shock you. Well, but the governor said, well, if he's scriptural, good. If he's not, goodbye. I don't, I don't need a governor telling me that he can trump the word of God. He cannot. The, the, the biggest, Jesus said this. Now, just listen to me. The most important institution on the planet is the church. And he's not talking about the spiritual one. Oh, I'm a part of the church. Oh. Because the church has a physical pastor, physical people. In the book of Revelation, it had a physical location. So if you're not a part of a physical church, then, you're, then, you, then you need to get and become a part of a physical church. That's a body. It's a family. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. He didn't say he's going to build a government. He didn't say he's going to build a hospital. He didn't build, say he's going to build a school. He didn't say he's going to build a gymnasium. He said, I'm going to build a church. Amen. Now, that means his stamp of approval is on one thing only. The local church. Next week, we're going to get into that because a lot of people have, can't quite figure out whether we're essential or not. Take the church out of the city and everything goes to hell. Everything that you have in your life right now, any good, God, the new birth, filled with the Holy Ghost, or healing, or the anointing, or knowledge came out of a local church. You didn't get it anywhere else. You have a good school system, there's a church in the town. You got good government, there's a good church in the town. You got good people, there's a church in the town. So we're not, we're not peripheral to the world. I'm not peripheral to the mayor. I trump him. And the governor. And I think, that, I think there's governors in, out in California that are learning it. And I think there's some pastors that finally got some backbone. All right, thank you. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not, will not, will not stand against it. That's not a joke. That's a 100% guaranteed fact. Now now let's read verse 19. And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now let's stop right there. If I hand you the keys to my truck, you have the ability to go to Walmart or go down the road. So I'm going to tell a little story here. It's a made-up story, but it's a story nonetheless. Let's just hypothetically say that one day a dad comes home, and his teenage son is sitting on the couch, and his teenage son, who's 17 years of age or 18 years of age, looks at him and says, Dad, I told you this morning I had basketball practice. I've been sitting in here in the living room waiting on you all day. Where have you been? I'm late. And the dad looks and says, do you not remember this morning when you said something about basketball practice? I laid the keys to the car on the table and told you to get yourself there. Okay, I'll come over here. I didn't think I'd go over very well. Who's responsible to get him there if the dad gave him the keys to the car? He didn't ask him to push the car. He asked him to drive the car. You can't drive the car unless you have the keys to the car. If the dad gave you the keys, now you're responsible to get yourself to the football game. Basketball game. What was I saying? I said basketball and I changed football and I don't know what he's playing. Okay, now that's what goes on every Sunday in church. Hey, God. Don't you know we need this? Hey, God. Don't you know we need this? Hey, God. 
Come on, y'all. Come on. Do you have the keys to the kingdom or do you not? All right. Yes, you do. Now, now let's read it. Let's read the keys. Let's read in the King James, and I'm going to read in another translation. I'm going to give you the keys, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's a little blind. So I'm going to read it out of another translation, the New Century Version. It says it probably right. The, it says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The things you don't allow on the earth will be the things that God does not allow. And the things you do allow on the earth will be the things that God does allow. Does God allow um, devils in your city? You shouldn't either. He, if, if they're in it, you allowed it. Now, I just read an article this morning about how they're upset that they tore down the, the statue of the Texas Ranger in Dallas, Texas. Well, who put the thug in office? I mean, if you've got a mayor and a governor, that's a, that's a moral moron. Who put him in? Why is the church allowing bad people to govern us? Now you say, "Well, I voted." Well, you're going to need to learn to vote two ways. You vote twice. You better start voting on your knees. You better get on your knees and say. We do not allow immorality in our city. We do not allow it in our mayor's office. We do not allow it in the police department. We do not allow it in our church. We're not allowing homosexuality. We're not allowing abortion. And we're not allowing the virus in the city in Jesus' name. We don't allow it. It's not allowed in heaven, so you don't allow it here. Now, if he told you that and it comes, he lied. Is he lying? He's not lying. Boy, let's just stay here for a month. He's not lying. You have the keys. If you're walking, it's your fault. Now, what is allowed? Is, is, is prosperity allowed in heaven? Allow it here. Say, come. Money come. Business grow. Are devils allowed? Are, when your kids get to heaven, how many of your kids are going to be full of the devil in heaven? Don't allow it here. You foul devil from hell. Get off my kids. Get off my family. Go in Jesus' name. I don't allow that. I say it this way, and it may sound funny. God does not change babies' diapers. Pray all you want to. Check the diaper in an hour and it'll still be full. Until you change it. And I know that you think that's funny, but there are things God doesn't do. He's not running your house, your home, or your prayer life, or your city. You are. I'm when I get to heaven. Don't wait. Ask me now. I'm going to ask the Lord. Why did he allow? Everybody that I've ever heard said that doesn't go to church, doesn't read their Bible, and doesn't know God. Well, that's the reason why you're so ignorant. You, you don't have to be ignorant. You could be smart if you wanted to be. Don't get mad at me. 
I'm a dumb hippie. I know this. I just don't have any hair anymore. I mean, I already know I'm ignorant. People told me I'm ignorant. Well, if I'm as ignorant as I am and I know this, then you, since you're smarter than me, you ought to know it. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? There's a lot of things taking place in America today. We allowed them. But we're going to start praying now. We're going to deal with this election coming up. We're going to deal with this nation coming up. There's a lot of stuff going on in Washington. I'm, I'm starting. I'm, I'm driving down the road on the way to church. I, I drive by this certain particular um, wicked, immoral, nasty, ungodly, demon-possessed uh, person running for office on a sign. And I said, I don't allow her to sit in that seat in Jesus' name. Now, if you'd have been in the car with me, you'd probably have jumped out the window. And then I went back to praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to allow that stuff in our city. Amen. All right. Are y'all ready? I got it. All right. I, I, now, you don't have to go there. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he'll what? Now, I'm going to give you, a, I'm gonna give you a, an insight in this word resist. It, it, here's what it doesn't mean. I resist you. The word resist means, means to make them put them back in their place. The word resist means put that thing back in its rightful place. When the Bible says Jesus re rebuked the storm, he said, calm down and go back to the place you're supposed to be and flatten out. He didn't get up there and go, I rebuke you. You have no right in the boat. Stop. Go to your place. God puts you in a place, and it's not in the boat. Stop. Now, that means if the devil's raising his head, put him in his place. You are a defeated foe. You have been stripped of all of your authority. You have no authority over me. You have no authority over my home. You have no authority over my family. Go back to your place in Jesus' name. That's what the word, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Because now you're humiliating him in front of all the other demons. When Jesus walked in the room, he just said, I said, leave. You have no place here. And they recognized who he was. And they said, Paul, I know, and Pastor Darrell, I know, but who are you? Here's another one. I'm just going to quote it. Mark 11, 23. Whoever says to what? If God had not wanted you to move the mountain, he wouldn't have told you to move it. Well, you never know what. No, no. If, if that mountain's between you and an answer to prayer, God gave you permission to move the mountain. That mountain is, if, if you don't like it where it is, move it. I know that sounds nutty. Well, what about the will of God? What about the will of God? Well, if, he, if, if it was the will of God that it be there, he wouldn't have told you to move the thing. Anything in your way that's standing between you and an answer, move it. And he didn't say anything about asking God to move it. He said, you talk to it. When's the last time you heard anybody talking to cancer? 
When's the last time you heard them talking to the devil? When's the last time you heard them talking to the flu? When's the last time you heard them talking to Corona? You ain't living in my house. You don't come in my house, Corona. I'm a, you buy, you, you foul thing. You, get back in your place. You don't, go back to China where you came from. Now, now, did Jesus lie? Now, I mean, there's people, there's Christians, and there's smart alecks. They're smart alecks. It's called pride, just like Lucifer. I don't believe that. That's fine. Get sick. You'll say, yeah, well, I'm not going to get. Well, yeah, you are, because fear will draw him to you. All of the people that had corona had masks on, and the ones that went to the hospital all died, and everybody stayed home didn't die. Not a person in the United States of America, not one, not one, who stayed home died. Less than 10,000 people died. This thing's less volatile than the darn flu. And yet they've, yet they used it as a weapon. It's been weaponized by a rogue government. Now you do what you want to with that information. Believe it or not, that's okay with me. You have, that, that's, what, that's what America's all about. You can believe anything you want to believe, any way you want to. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. But then so can I. And that's what makes America awesome. Now, go to Acts 3. Are you all all right? All right, it's time for us to start looking at the way Jesus said to handle the circumstances of life. Now, you're either going to go down one road or the other. You're not going to go down both. You're going to go natural or you're going to go spiritual. Make up your mind right now which one you want. You say, I'm going to do both. won't work. You can't go east and west at the same time. You could, but you'd have a split personality. <laughs> I got to humor myself every once in a while, you know. Acts 3.1, Peter and, James, Peter and John went up to the temple in the hour of prayer, in the, being uh, the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, who was laid daily at the gate, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered the temple. And they saw Peter and John about to go in the temple, asking for alms, and, and fixing his eyes on him with, with John, Peter said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. Say, what I have. What I have. Did he give him something that God had? Yeah. No. He, had. he gave him something he had. Right. Let's, just go, let's just get real quiet for a minute. I want you to, we don't need to go anywhere right now. We just need to stay right here. He didn't pray for the man. He said, I have something. Now listen to me. You're not using something that God has. You're using something you have. If someone needs a $20 bill from you and you have 100 you can say, such as I have, I will give you what I have. You can't say, well, let's pray and ask God to give you some money. See, this is the way the church prays, and this is the reason why things are not changing in the body of Christ today. Do you have it or don't you? Does he, did Peter have it? Peter had it. Do you have it? You have it. Do you have the name? Do you have the anointing? Do you have authority? Such as I have. 
Now, you understand, that, that almost sounds like, that sounds crazy to people. Well, that's those name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Yes, it yes we are. Jesus said, you don't have to go there, Matthew 28, all authority is given to who? How much? How much? Are you serious? Now, you mean he is the reigning king of the universe? Is he? Well, I've got to get you a little more excited because I'm fixing to show you something. Go to Ephesians chapter uh, 2. Got your shouting clothes on? All right, we, we, we got to cover this and we got to start doing this. Listen to me very carefully. You must begin. You must begin. Ephesians 2 6. Well, let's read. I'm, I'm going to read 120. Just don't go there. Just, you can go there if you're there in your Bible, and I want to read it. It says, Which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in heaven places, is Jesus seated at the right hand of God? Yes. Is that a position of authority? Yes. All right. Two, six. And raised us up together and made us sit where? Is that a seat of authority? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I didn't say you're sitting on your physical backside. You're sitting in church right now. Are you the body of Christ? Does the bride have the same authority that the head does? Yes. I'm just going to stop a minute. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to sit and let you think about this a minute. Whatever you allow. Whatever you allow. You're not waiting on God. Oh, God, oh, God, I'm asking you to heal my body. He, all he's going to do, oh, I did. Um, when there's a pig in the water, get the pig out. Can you talk to sickness? Does it have ears? Everything on the earth is made out of corks, the smallest particle on the earth, small, that what an atom is made out of is corks, Q-U-A-R-K-S, corks. A cork is sound. The atom is made out of sound. What sound is the atom made out of? It was the voice of God that spoke it. It's alive. It's, 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 it's a word. Again, let's go quiet. Let me just sit and think about it. Just think about it for a week or two. Is a hurricane alive? Is corona alive? Yes. Can they hear? Yes. You bet they can. So what happens when you come along and go, oh, no, I think we're going to rearrange the valley. I don't want that mountain there. And I'm going to say right now, you will not stay. You will uproot and you will leave. He said, if you believe with your heart, it has to obey you. Who named the animals? God? Adam did. We call it name it, claim it. Okay. 
Let me, let me, let me tell you a story. Ah, uh, I've got 15 minutes. Norval, hey, go to, go to John 14 while you're doing that. Go to John 14. Norval Hayes, and I love to tell the story, and I love it when he tells it, because nobody can tell it like Norval. But he said that his daughter, Zona, had warts all over her hands and body. Now, he went to prayer about it. He prayed. I don't remember the time. Some of y'all, it was, it was a considerable, I know it was a year, if not more. He prayed over her warts. Because she's a pretty girl, and she doesn't like having, girls don't like to have warts. They don't mind diamonds, just not warts. But they were all over her hand, and so when she got in public, she was always holding her hand like this and, and putting gloves, you know, hiding her hands, wear those, those shirts with the long sleeve like a hippie, so nobody see her hands. And he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing happened. And one day he was in prayer, and the Lord said, how long are you going to put up with the warts on your daughter's body? And, and you how to hear, you got to know Norval. Well, and that's what I've been trying to talk to you about. I'm trying to talk to you about that. God, I've been talking to you about that for a year. Now, God, that's what I've been trying to talk to you about. God threw the responsibility on, on Norval. Who threw the responsibility on the boy to get to basketball? The dad. Whose responsibility is what's happening in your life? It's yours. It's our responsibility. Now, when we watched the video the other night, they said a worse virus is coming. At some point, you need to understand it'll find you in your house. If that's your way of protecting yourself. Numb nut. I'm not quite sure I understand that kind of logic. Nobody in the history of the world has ever quarantined a healthy person. My opinion. That's ignorance going to seed. How are you going to? Why would you quarantine a healthy person? Keeping healthy people away from healthy people. Oh, that's stupid. Only the government would ever think of such a wonderful idea. And it didn't change anything. Not going to change anything the next time. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to throw it out there and let you do anything you want to with this. Should we have gone to war with Germany? One yes, one absolutely. Everybody else is just looking at me with their teeth in their mouth. I want a little response here. Should we? Did Hitler need to be stopped? Did men die? You understand there are decisions people make where there is a lose-lose. Do y'all understand that? Let's say it again. I'm going to say it again. Let's just go over this. Whenever, see, our president during that time, I wasn't alive. I'm not that old. Thank y'all. But the president stayed out of the war as long as he could, and Japan's the one that forced us into it. 
but they try to stay out of it. But you're not going to stay out of it when you've got a, when someone trying to take over the world. At some point, you're going, you're going to defend yourself. You're going to have to. All right. The decision was difficult because the president knew good boys would die. You need to make up your mind right now what's worth living for and what's worth dying for. So let me ask you a question. Did anybody in the New Testament die for their faith? All of them. I just don't see Peter at home in the closet. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Either the Bible's true or it's a lie. This is the way I think. You don't have to think the way I think. Let's go preach the gospel. If we die, die obeying God. Don't die disobeying God. Any coward can keep from getting shot by hiding. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to say it again. I'm just going to hair lip Bear Creek now real good. Any coward, any coward can stay alive by hiding. Sure, your life is at risk. So I'm going to make an announcement. The next virus, we're staying open. Go home and get in the closet if you want to. I'm staying open. Will people die? We are now at a, at a physical war with China. You are in a war. It's not bombs. It's not bullets. They're using disease. They're, it's real. It's a real war, and, and the corona is real. Are y'all out there? But I think it's time for the church to start fighting back. It's a spiritual. You and I are in a spiritual war. You're either hiding or you're doing something about it. Is anybody else in here going to do something about this with me? So Jesus said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the mat. Oh, but he just didn't know. Poor Ignorant Jesus just didn't know the risk. Go back and read the book of Revelation. He told some people, he told Peter how he was going to die. Okay. It's too much, it's too much for y'all. I got seven minutes. Psalm 91. Let's go. Well, John 14. Let me read that to you. In verse 13, it says, whatever you ask my father, ask in my name, I'll tell you the father will be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, the Greek word there is demand. Now, listen, you're not demanding God. And and I've had people say to me, who do you think you are running around telling God what to do? We're not talking to God. There's a devil and there's a God. God is the good guy. The devil's the bad guy. And you can tell the bad guy what to do. You can't tell the good guy what to do. So he didn't say anything about telling God what to do. He didn't say demanding God. All right. But then some churches, they have never heard of the devil because he is on their board. All right. Now, here's what that word means. You walk in the bank. You got $10,000 in your savings, and you ask for $1,000. That teller better not say no. Now, you are asking nicely. But whose money is it? It's yours. I mean, you are asking. You didn't walk in there and go, I demand $1,000. 
you can be nice. I'm asking you for $1,000 out of my savings. And she goes, no. I don't think so. It's my money. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? You understand healing's yours? I demand it. Prosperity's yours? I demand it. Abraham's blessings are mine? I demand it. I cut him off at the root. Satan, I cut you off at the knees. In Jesus' name, get your hands off my money. Get your hands off my family. In Jesus' name, you understand me. I demand it. A lot of people don't understand that kind of praying. Jesus did it. He walked into Peter's mother-in-law house and told the fever, and he rebuked it. He didn't pray. He didn't pray. He didn't pray. He He didn't pray. Fever. Go. And it went, <laughs> and left. <laughs> Psalm 91 now. <laughs> Y'all know this is the espresso service, so I'm, I'm not going to get finished with my sermon, and I never am finished with a sermon in here, but I'll get finished the next one. Are you all all right? Yeah. Say, I'm ready for the year. Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. We are headed into a fight, but it's Okay. The church wins. I read the back of the book, we win. Now, if you lose, you, you lose because you lay down. I had a man tell me one time about deer hunting. You miss 100% of the deer you don't shoot at. <laughs> I know that's real deep. How many deer did you get today? None. How many did you shoot at? None. And just sat there and watched them. Oh, Bambi. I knew that would go real big. If you're afraid to shoot, I know Josh is not afraid to shoot. You say, well, I'm afraid of missing. Well, you, well if you just don't shoot, you, I guarantee you you're going to miss. Now, we could talk about making money right now real good. Did you know most of your plans will fail? But you've got to keep getting up. You don't stop because you fail. You fail and you go, oh, I found another way that won't work. You just get back up again. You keep shooting and one day you're going to hit it and go, oh, that was a good shot. I've got to tell you a story right now. I can't get to Psalm 91. I've got to brag on myself a little bit because no one else is bragging on me. I might as well do it. The Bible says don't brag on yourself. Let another do it. I've been waiting for years. Nobody stepped up to the plate, so I'm just going to do it. Cindy's the only one that understood that whole thing I just said. There was a deer I've been hunting in Georgia, and he jumped up and ran across the pasture. He is 200 yards away, and he is hauling it. Well, I shot at him. And then, I don't know whether I hit him or not, he jumped the fence. I went over there and found him dead in my camp. I went. I had a moment. Nobody there to enjoy it with me, but I had a moment. And I sat around and I talked to myself real good. I said, you're good. Man, you're like the, Annie, you're like the male Annie Oakley of the world. That was like the best shot I've ever seen in my life. And I really beefed it up real good and told myself how great I was. Went out and got myself a taco dinner to celebrate. Okay, never mind. I got him home. I I, I hung him up, and never mind, y'all don't want to know that. Psalm 91. He, say me, 
who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Now, before I read the rest of this, let me make a statement to you. The secret place is not your salvation. It is fellowshipping with God. If you say, well, I tried that, Pastor. You don't do it trying. Anybody who has an intimate relationship with the opposite sex will eventually produce a baby. I know I'm deep. Kissing makes babies. I learned that early. Oh, boy. Am I over y'all's head? Ask Josh Brown to explain that to you one day when Karen's around. If you're intimate with God, you will produce fruit. You understand that? But if you're not, if you never produce fruit, you've probably never been in the bedchamber. There's fellowshipping. There's relationship, and then there's fellowship. Every man is waiting. His wife comes down the aisle. That's the relationship. Fellowship begins later. I'll come over here. I'm just not. I'm not getting anywhere over here at all. Let's come over here and preach to Justin and Jackie. Okay. He who dwells in the secret place. If you're not in the secret place, this won't work. This is lukewarm Christians. This is not for you. Half baked. Don't read your Bible. Don't ever pray. This will not work. Okay? He who dwells in a secret place shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I trust. Not the government of the United States. He never told you to trust in the government of the United States. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers. Under his wings, I will take refuge. His truth, the word of God, will be my shield and buckler, not ABC, NBC, and CBS. I will not be afraid of the terror at night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, the destruction that lays waste. Even in noonday, a thousand people may drop stone cold dead in my city and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. I don't allow it. Come on, I want somebody to help me right now. Say, I don't allow it. I will not die of disease in the year ahead, two years from now, three years from now, four years from now. I will not die. My children will not die. My family will not die. In Jesus' name. Don't get out of that seat. Don't let the devil out of that seat. Don't let him talk you out of this seat. You are now sitting in a seat. You are preaching and talking from a secret place. You're praying right now, not to heaven, but from heaven. We don't pray up into heaven. We go to heaven and pray and pray down. Because I've made, okay, okay, I'm not done. But it will not come to me. Only with my eyes will I look and see the reward of all those wicked people who wouldn't come to church and wouldn't listen and wouldn't read their Bible. You listen, the world is judged 
The world is under damnation. It's, uh, it's uh, John 3, 16 through 20. Read it. It's, uh, it's not going to be damned. It's damned now. It's already damned. And you need to understand Satan's their daddy. You don't need to participate in their family affairs. Leave their family alone. ABC and NBC is not your family. Because you will see the reward of the wicked because you've made the Lord your refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil will befall me, neither any plague come near my dwelling. He has given his angels charge over me, my house, my family to keep me in all of my ways. In their hands they will bear me up lest I dash my foot against the stone. I tread on the lion. I tread on the cobra. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment I shall condemn it and prove it to be wrong for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord says God. How many, how many sick days did Jesus take off? Are you serious? Boys, I know we were going to Capernaum today. We are going to have to call and cancel the trip. I am not feeling well. Not only that, but Judas has stole all the money and I'm going to have to believe God for some more. Show me scripture. Don't shout me down. Well, that's Jesus. Never mind. I don't have enough time. The young lion and the serpent, we trample them under our feet. Now, here's God talking to you. Because you have set your love on me, I'm going to deliver you. I will set you on high. You have known my name, Jesus. Call on me. I'll answer you. I'll be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. And with long life, that's not dying early, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Anyway, I'm done. We're out of time. Amen? Are y'all ready to pray? Are y'all ready to pray some more? Now, the next service, we're going to spend about 10 minutes praying. Now, I declare over this nation that the man that God has appointed will take his seat in, in this next election in Jesus' name. I pray right now that, that, my, that every foul devil in Washington, D.C. will be routed out and I break the authority over every devil who has taken a seat of authority and placed the wrong person in it. I root them out of their seats and command them to be replaced with the men and the women of God that God has anointed and chosen in Jesus' name. I pray over my United States of America that every lie from hell will be brought to the ground and cast down and only the truth will rise up. Only the truth will shine in this nation in Jesus' name. I come against all corruption. I come against all poverty. I come against the spirit of communism. I come against the spirit of socialism. I come against that spirit. I come against it and I say to you, you will not reign in my nation. You will not reign in my city. You will not reign here. I cut you off. All right, look at me. That's not the only way you pray. 
when you're fellowshipping with your father. You don't pray that way when you're fellowshipping with your father. There's a time to be intimate with God. There's a time to go in there and talk to him about how much you love him. There's a time for that. And that's not the only way Jesus prayed. You're either going to pray that way or you're going to go under. The weapons. You're in a war. You're, you are, if you're born again, you are in a spiritual war. There is a devil. Your adversary, the Republicans. Show me a scripture. Your adversary, the Democrats. It's not in the Bible. People are not your adversary. They'd have no authority at all if it wasn't for devils placing them in seats. But the church has allowed it. Get the keys and drive yourself to the game. Say, next year, my best year. I got the keys now, and I'm going to drive this car. If daddy gives you the car, ask him for the credit card. That's another sermon, but it's a thought. Well, dad, it's only got a half a tank of gas. Can I have the credit card too? It's called the name. Right, boy, never mind. Take this. I'm, I, I get going now. I'm, almost, I'm not going to stop. She knows that's the truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I thank you that his blood was shed on that cross for me. I thank you that he went to hell for me. He took my place. He became my substitute. I died with him, and now I've rose with him. Amen. If I accept him, Jesus, I accept what you did. Thank you for doing that. Come in my heart, come in my life, and I say you are Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407 955 Five, three, four, five. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.